This is Talk is Sheep, the official podcast of the Wild Sheep Society of BC, brought to you by Sitka Come along as we bring conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. Gooch, bonus episode with uh, the doctor, Wardo. Mr. Stelter, indeed. Uh, yeah, it was good to get Wardo on there and, and have a little chit-chat. The convo went uh, all over the map, as as good convos do, I think. And um, yeah, we didn't didn't hit on everything that I definitely wanted to hit on, but uh, I like I really liked where it went and uh, lo- always love Wardo's energy. Yeah, it's, it's a good time for sure. Um, first time I've been face-to-face with him, obviously consume his stuff, but uh, yeah, that was fun to chat and catch up. Um, we're going to drop this as a bonus episode the week before Kamloops Convention. Uh, I got some bad news for our listeners that Kamloops is sold out. Um, I got some good news, though, that for the people that are going, uh, we got a great weekend plan. So Friday's our AGM. If you're a member, it's at the Coast Kamloops Hotel. Uh, you can buy tickets to our Friday night convention. Um, come and check out the fun night. We're going to show Tanner's film there, uh, Through Our Eyes, the Caribou Conservation film. And we got a great evening planned, tons of raffles, giveaways. Um, and so you can pick a ticket up for that. And then um, Friday at 2 p.m., we've got our annual general meeting. We're going to do our elections there. So come out and get involved in your your society. Um, so it's at the Coast Kamloops Hotel. Go to wildsheepsociety.com. You can pick up your tickets there. Click on Kamloops Convention through our events. And, uh, and yeah, come be part of it. Life Member Breakfast is going to be epic this year. We're giving away... Uh, Weatherby rifle. We're gonna give away. Uh, so we got a raffle going on as we speak. It is a climber, Gunworks climber, full donation. I think. See, there's sixteen or seventeen grand is the value on it. It's, it's just, a full kit. It's got just, Leopold. You bet you, Kyle. Just under seven, seventeen there. That seven psalm. Such a sweet rig. Leopold five yeah. HD on there, and yeah, what an what an amazing gun that is. I wish I could buy tickets. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to find a life member that uh, would clearly gift it to you if they were to win it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's always a challenge. Actually, I'm pretty fortunate. I've got that rifle. Um, I, I picked it up through Omer Precision Optics, and I've been shooting that for about three years now. Two years, I guess it has been. Um, I don't have it in 7 Psalm. It's a 6.5 PRC, which is freaking... But I can tell that my setup is that setup, in, just in a different caliber. And it is freaking ridiculous. It's just... Uh, uh, beautiful rifle, just super light, super easy to carry. The action on it's like butter, uh, unbelievable. And uh, I, I love the 6.5 PRC. You can just shoot it all day and you don't feel anything. Um, ammo is super readily available now on it. So yeah, great, great life member package. Tickets are 100 bucks. There's 400 tickets. Uh, we dropped it this morning. We sold um, 25% of our tickets. Um, so if you're thinking you might want to pick up a ticket i suggest that you don't wait because uh this thing's gonna i don't think it'll see the end of the week but uh who knows um it's it's selling really well so just another awesome way we uh we're able to continue to kind of give back to our life membership i love seeing it well it's twofold right we're giving back but it's also uh gunworks is our conservation partner they they stepped up this was a full donation so 100% of the proceeds from this are going to go to Wild Sheep Conservation British Columbia. So we're going to put and keep Wild Sheep on the Mountain because of the support of our conservation partners. And it's a beautiful tie-in from our life members. Our life members are always the most generous as well. Um, they're the backbone of the society. And um, we, we have a great life member breakfast. You're the life member uh, co-chair, for lack of a better word, uh, being the life me- the membership chairman. Um, you and I are working on on the program and, and going to deliver a great program for uh, our life members in Kamloops. So 
Um, if you're thinking about being a life member, I think there was three people signed up today. So we dropped this rifle. Uh, I hadn't told you that, but it, as we were on the podcast, I could see the pod, the emails coming in. Uh, you know, and being a life member, it's you know, it's a thousand bucks for life membership. You can do it on a monthly program, ninety bucks a month. It's dirt cheap, right? Um, in the grand scheme of things, especially when you know where your money's going, right? Yeah, hundred percent. No, it's uh, incredible to see. And uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to that life member breakfast. Uh, you know, we've got a couple things up our sleeve here for that, and it's going to be cool to to draw this uh, this gunworks, and then also uh, to give away another gun just just to any you know one lucky life member there, and really you know hope hope it's someone that sends up in in the room, but it might not be. And I think either way, it's still going to be really cool to give that one away and again show our our appreciation for our membership because, like you said, they just they do so much for us, and um, yeah, I just. I truly appreciate it. And then uh, I guess after after that life member breakfast, that's where guys can actually in person go and run into the the star of the show today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and the thing is, you know Matt really well, right? Your buddies, you guys hang out. You're you're in every one of his films. <laughs> for crying out loud, a lot of them anyway. Um, so yeah, this is a great listen. I, I spent most of it just laughing at at Wardo and all the stuff that comes out of his mouth, right? Oh yeah, he's like I said, he's such a character, and uh, and the thing I've come to realize with him pretty quickly, like I didn't know him the first time we kind of went out on on an elk hunt to four years ago. Now, um, you know, it was you know only the first couple times I've met him, but he's got such a big heart, and um, huh. and he's he he's in it for the right reasons. He says he says some I think some pretty powerful stuff on this podcast, and you know I'll let his words do the talking to that, but. Uh, He's definitely a person that I've come to appreciate more and more as I've gotten to know him better. Yeah, well said. I, yeah, well, I, you know, that's the interesting thing with uh, Beyond the Kill and and that whole team, uh, whether it's uh, right at the top with Yonke or Nolan and yourself and Matt and just such a great, what do you call it, an ecosystem? I think that was the word he used and it's just, uh, um, you know, I got a lot of time and F, uh, respect for, for what Beyond the Kill does and just... Uh, you know, you guys are always the ones that are, are, are given back to. You're making sure you're looking after the after our community. It's pretty inspiring. Yeah, that's something I definitely, you know, in my time working with Adam in the past, I, I definitely always looked up to him for for his continued support of Wild Sheep stuff, you know, Rocky Mountain Gold Alliance as well. Um, obviously, the Wild Sheep Foundation being a supporter of Beyond the Kill for many years now. Like, it's just, but it goes both ways. Like, he's giving back to them. They're giving to him. And that's that's what's making the message get out to more people. Right. And that's what it is. Right. In any, in any kind of relationship that is a good relationship, uh, ideally everybody's winning, right. That's the point. So, um, and, and I think, you know, obviously we're biased. We're, we're on this podcast, so we clearly care about conservation and that's something that's important to us, but it's always great to see folks that are not necessarily tied to a conservation organization, really giving a shit about conservation. You know, that to me, that's where I'm like, that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's the, that's the people that I'm going to go and try to give my money to if I can as well. Right. If I, if they are selling a product or whatever, that's where I'm going to go. Cause they're caring about things that I care about. Hmm. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. It's funny. You know, Adam once said to me, I, well, I told him we were starting a podcast. I was thinking, oh, he'd be like, yeah, you dicks, you know, just take it away from our audience. And he was like, oh, rising tide floats all boats. And, and, uh, Wardo used those same term today. So yeah, great group of people. And, and, uh, Wardo definitely delivers on this podcast. Just, it was fun to sit there and listen to him. You betcha, buddy. So uh, without further ado, I don't know if we have a number, but uh, what is this one? 
Yeah, we're going to slot this in as a bonus episode. We've, we've got uh, the next two recorded and all queued up, and we're going to slide this in on the Monday before the Kamloops Convention because it's so relevant. Um, you're going to hear us talk about our new whiskey that's coming out, and um, you're going to get a chance to bid at the, on that at Kamloops, and it'll also be online. So um, check that stuff out and uh, enjoy the uh, chat with Dr. Matt Ward, Wardo. This episode is sponsored by our conservation partner, Gunworks. Thank you, Sitka Gear and Gunworks, for investing in healthy wildlife and sustainable ecosystems. Wardo, awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. And um, yeah, cool to get together. Uh, we were kibitzing here for the last 18 minutes and uh, forgot to hit record. So we'll try that Thank for you. something different. Like when you say Gooch, typical talk is sheep. Welcome to the program. But uh, anyway, we're here for a good time and talk a little bit of BS about wild sheep. And uh, I think we're going to talk about spirits today since uh, I showed up uh Friday afternoon at two o'clock to record, and uh, I seen Wardo had a beer, and Pete had some whiskey, so I said decided to join in, and we'll uh, we'll get after it here. So um, let's let's talk. What are you what are you drinking over there? I seen old style pill. Is that what you're you got? There? Yeah, always uh, just a quick after work hydration series. Uh, throwing it back to my earliest homage of drinking, which is old style pilsner, um, and then I have uh, we we're talking a lot of whiskey, and so I've I've actually strategically placed where I do podcasts and record stuff next to my whiskey collection, which is probably pushing 60 right now, 60 bottles. So basically, as soon as we started talking about Okanagan spirits, I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind a little Laird of Fintry single malt. So I've got a little Laird of Fintry single malt with uh, with a large whiskey cube in there because um, I don't drink neat whiskey before uh, about 4 p.m. because I'm not an animal. I put a big cube in it. <laughs> Pete, what do you got? Awesome. Well, I believe you just called me an animal, so because uh, I just <laughs> finished my whiskey and uh, I was I was sipping on a it was a small whiskey and it wouldn't even call it a finger, but um, it it was our latest release from the Wild Sheep Society uh, through Okanagan Spirits, who you just mentioned. Um, and drum roll, please, Kyle. I'll drop the name now officially. It is our latest release, the Chadwick. Oh, that's it's classy. A, um, sing- you betcha, yeah. So it's a single malt mezcal barrel finished whiskey uh, from Okanagan Spirits. I've been, I'm one of the I think the only guys to have tried it at this point, but um, you can buy it now online on uh, if you if you Google search Okanagan Spirits the Chadwick, you'll find it very easily. Um, it's running at 120 bucks a bottle. That's reasonable. Um, Again, sounds kind of expensive. I think I think so too. I mean, it sounds expensive, but we're talking a, a, a very good whiskey and um, a very good cost. Yeah. So, Kyle, like w- you know, we did our bourbon last year. We wanted to do something different this year. Um, I think I think we hit the nail on the head with the stone sheep focused, um, some smokiness tying into our our northern burn projects. Um, the Chadwick, obviously, maybe a little bit cheesy, but also just legendary. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm super stoked with it. I can't wait to uh, to drink a bunch of it with a bunch of you. Yeah, is that going to be um, at the at the show in Kamloops for purchase? Yeah, we can't technically sell it because uh, we don't have a, a okay. license for it. Um, so w- what we do we are doing is we're going to offer the cask, the mini cask that uh, it was finishing in 
and uh, it's got the logo and everything on it, and then a case of whiskey, six whiskey bottles on top of it. We'll have oh, that sweet. on the live auction, and then everything has to go through Okanagan Spirits because they have sure. a liquor license. We can't legally sell we should, it. Uh, so we can do the auction we item. Should, uh, but, uh, yeah. Strong arm them into a delivery option that they anybody who orders the whiskey can pick an option on the drop down to be delivered at for Saturday, not Friday, but Saturday at uh at the sheep convention in Kamloops. They should just drive out and do it. It's like an hour. Ooh. Yeah, that's a pretty solid call, actually. Oh, yeah. um, we actually, it's not, it's actually on their website now, but we haven't marketed it at all. We've kept it really quiet, but we probably should do something like that. Yeah, yeah for idea, sure. Actually. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll yeah. keep my royalties as, uh, you know, it'll be all for proceeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be really slick. Awesome. Or like some sort of delivery that they can uh, do. It, yeah. That'd be deadly. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you do like three bottles or something, it's free delivery. Something like that, right, Gooch? I can't remember what the cutoff was, but uh, I bought. I think I bought five or six, and it was free delivery with that, that number. Oh, yeah, so wow. It's over a certain amount. You nice. get free delivery. Nah, that's really a good, good deal. So. Beauty. Yeah. 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 Well, cheers, boys. I've got some of the blue bunch here. I thought it'd be 100%. appropriate. So got some blue bunch throw down. I wasn't here. sure if you guys Pretty were going nice. to pull like a, a challenge coin out of a hat too. So I figured I'd throw ooh, mine down ooh, this time. Yeah, <laughs> very strategic lads. Cheers for that. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, yeah. Can't Just be caught my pants down on uh, my first once. time on the podcast <laughs> meeting Kyle for the first time. So I was ready. <laughs> That's solid. Okay, well, hey, Wardo, let's kick this off by a little bit of uh, the quick and quick yeah, and dirty. Yeah, yeah, sure, that's fitting because uh, that's uh, how a lot of people know me is uh, through the BTK, the Beyond the Kill Network and Umbrella, I would say, formerly Journal of Mountain Hunting, uh, and then the Beyond the Kill podcast. And I was on there enough um, that it ended up and getting enough questions that it, it was like, wow, why don't we roll like a a little series of of podcasts out under my own my own header? Which I think if you hear you know, 60 to 80 minutes continuous of how to help your back or I go over five different things to help. It's way too much and people kind of lose it. So I just started this quick and dirty format of anywhere from like six to kind of 25 minutes on hip, knee, ankle, uh, back, neck, shoulder, elbow, wrist, uh, injuries, ways to prevent, ways to, to fix, things to look at, and then a bunch of just other topics of my strep, my background is strength and conditioning. And then uh, so ways to train, ways to train for sheep hunting, ways to train for mountain hunting, um, and then nutrition, and then any sort of... Uh, I like to... Probably one of my favorite things is to is to bust myths. So, you know, why you don't need to get like fucking x-rays taken at the chiropractic office is, is full, of, full of malarkey. So, pardon me. Um... So that's where it started. And then there was just a great response from the community. So we just kind of kept going with it. I think I've done shit. I don't know, probably like 150 episodes or something like that now of talking to myself, which is at first it was weird. And now I'm very accustomed to it, which I don't know which is worse, to be perfectly honest. Um, so a lot of that stuff, I love taking the questions from uh, from the audience and, and, and from the people who support me. We're going to make a little shift because there's some more stuff coming under my banner and uh, still under the BTK umbrella, but the Wardo stuff will shift to um, Hard Yards Performance or the Hard Yards Podcast. And that's kind of a... I think the motto 
and kind of ethos behind how I try and live my life is it doesn't all have to be grindy and hard, but the things that are worth doing require effort. And those are the hard yards you want to put in to make things to make things a little bit to taste a little bit better. And that could be in the kitchen, that could be with a relationship at home, that could be the last, you know, the next drainage to look up for for sheep. It could be you know, the hard yards of not pulling the trigger on something that maybe should just wait another year. So whatever that might kind of, whatever that might encounter for you or wherever that hits home, that's kind of what I wanted to go on. So that's the the hard yards podcast and, and hard yards performance and the hard yards of life actually. So not to get too, too ph- philosophizing at, uh, at this early stage of the whiskey game, but that's where we are. So you, you can find us on there at the BTK network and then at hard yards uh, on Instagram as well. So yeah, man, that's me. That's me. Oh, I guess I should probably talk a little bit about what I do. I'm a chiropractor in Kelowna. Um, I have a heavy strength and conditioning background, and I try and combine what people would consider more physiotherapy elements, chiropractic stuff, and then the center focus of mine is like uh, rehabilitation from the years I was a strength coach. So um, I think if you combine all those things and do it with some humility and put the patient first, you can fix like damn near anything. And as soon as I'm not doing a good job uh, on fixing something or it's not, I'm not using the right tool in the toolbox, I change tools or I move you on to somebody else. And I think that's like how I kind of try and put the patient first. And and then I think uh, not to be too cheesy, but I think that's trying how I try and carry that, um, that morality and and uh, respect into into the field as well with uh, with trying to find critters. So I think it kind of happens. It's full circle in 360 for me. I would say with at life and then my other mm, hobby activities. I got into this silly life of mountain pursuit of animals uh, in 2019. I was asked to go on a and film a. 12 day or so adventure in the West Kootenays for, for elk, which we saw absolutely none. And we hiked up and down every peak we could possibly find just for the sake of it in the rain and snow. And, uh, somehow I was hooked. And from there it's progressed into a crazy, a crazy whirlwind of it's the main thing I do with my time off. It's what I plan my life around. It's what I now plan all my fitness around. And now it's what I'm slowly planning some work around as I'm extremely fortunate to have these opportunities like to talk with you guys today and to talk to everybody at the at the the show in Kamloops. Um, but last year, Ben Storak at Arcadia asked me to, to go help him on a, a, a bighorn, a Cali bighorn hunt. And that was like, I tried not to think about, I think what that meant and just try and do the job the best I could. Um, and we had a super successful hunt and the client was really happy and Ben was really pleased. And, and I think that was probably the thing at this stage in the game, I'm probably the most proud of for sure. And, uh, so I have a couple more of those coming this year and then some more, uh, some more stuff as well. Maybe a couple of goats, uh, to guide myself and maybe a mule deer as well, but I'm not sure if I can, how much time I can take off practice, but, uh, and and then also not spend it with my fiance. So it gets a little tough sometimes. (laughs) So, you know, that was the one thing that struck me really interesting. Wardo was with you is that, uh, yeah, four years ago, you you never even been out on a hunting trip. And I, I remember that first trip. I think, did you guys document that one? I know you had yep. documented a mule deer hunt, but you, did you document yep, that's that? that's the one where Noli got, yeah, Nolan I, got the rosy draw um, and killed that mutant okay. um, on, uh, let's say, 
uh, none of your business island. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so he killed that mutant. So we did a, a six-part series. The first three parts was this like rookie hunter, um, you know, trying to do it the right way with the bow, which isn't the right way, but I love the damn thing. I've got like a new one sitting next to me right now. Um, and then uh, the second three parts were uh, were Nolan and a bunch of the boys on um, on a rosy hunt uh, in the North Coast there. So how does that, I, I've never understood this well. And I, so I grew up, I know Pete did too. You know, our grandfathers did it, our fathers did it. You know, we were exposed to it as kids. H- how do you go your whole life and never expose it and then just go, holy shit, this is my thing. And this is like now, that's part of your identity. I know you're Dr. Yeah. Ward and all that stuff too. But you're, you know, you're, I look at you, you're, you're a hell of a lot more of a hunter than I'll ever be. And how does that happen where you just go from nothing to, like it consumes you. And I'd love to hear. Yeah. It's, um, it, I said it in that BTK interview, um, in my, in my apartment living room is I don't do anything half measure. So people always ask me for whatever reason, they're like, Oh, do you fly fish? And I'm like, no. And they're like, Oh, like why such a direct answer? Wouldn't you want to try it? I'm like, I don't really try anything. Like I'm going to do it and I'm going to devote everything I have to it, or I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? So like, I'll, like I cut hobbies that I can't spend the time in doing. I used to backcountry ski a lot and I'm pretty much just like resisting putting my gear up for sale on marketplace because I don't spend 25 days a year in the backcountry anymore. So to me, four days doesn't cut it. I'd rather spend those four days doing something else. So that's just like my, how my mind works and how I commit to things. So it really did start out, it's going to sound like a little bit of a cop-out, but I love food and I love cooking. And I was too poor for a little while in Portland there to really cook with like good ingredients. But when I was in Vancouver, before I went back to school, um, I was doing like decent, I was doing decently well for myself and I could afford to buy these like really great ingredients um, from my, from like two rivers and all this great meat and the better ingredients I found, fresh stuff from Granville Island and all this cool stuff. And, and the better ingredients I found, the better my food tasted. And so I really, really dove myself into cooking. Cooking, scotch and wine, all be kind, or whiskey, I should say, not just scotch, all became kind of like this tasting platform. And then as like time goes on, and sadly, ignorance is bliss, but I was no longer that ignorant to factory farming and so on and so forth. And I was like, man, this is like, this meat sucks. It's not what I used to have. Like these animals live in pretty deplorable conditions, especially what I was buying out of like cheap ass grocery stores in the United States. Canada's way different, um, but still. And so I was like, I think hunting would be cool. And then rewind that a little bit further. And then with my strength and conditioning background, and I had an online training company called Primal Performance, Adam Yonke kind of approached me and my business partner Bryce to start Mountain Strong, which was basically trying to guys pay at the time, you know, sixty thousand bucks to go on a stone hunt or fifty thousand bucks to go on a stone hunt. They trail in and they're so fucked up from coming off the horse, they can't move their legs, they can't get in the backcountry, they can't succeed at their hunt. And I thought, well, that's an that's an easy one. Sadly, the industry wasn't just quite ready yet for like some sort of a hunt, like a backcountry or a mountain hunting training experience. Now you have Mountain Tough and you have Elk Shape and 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 Beyond the Kill is launching on I think on Monday. Um, our new, this will be out by the time it's launched, but, uh, our new fitness platform. So we have somebody, somebody taking care of that, which you'll, you'll hear more about on a, on a BTK episode on the launch. But 
that's kind of where it went for me. I was like, I'm, I need to make a change. I'm, and I can't afford to buy at the time. I couldn't afford to buy like all this grass fed meat and stuff like that. So it just became, how do I get, how do I get meat in the freezer? And that's where it started. And then sadly from there, it's just like an onion layer that gets, or an onion that gets peeled layer by layer. I meet Pete and then I meet Ben and I meet Nolan and Adams brought me into this world. And then I hear about the filmmaking and the story and the conservation. And it just like tugged on my heartstrings. I also felt anything that's misrepresented. I feel like I get like my hackles up a little bit. Like I get a mohawk up on my back, like a rabid dog. I'm like, this is poor information. People aren't are being coerced into their decision making. So I think all of these pieces together, plus my my whole background on Vancouver Island was, you know, some forestry, some logging, um, spending a lot of time in the mountains, backcountry skiing, mountain biking, multiple overnight trips at a pretty young age, and then um, later on, forest fire fighting at Rap Attack out of Salmon Arms. So just like really enjoying the mountains, and then if I can put cooking and mountain time together that's kind of seemed like a no-brainer to me. And and that's kind of where I've come to this point now where, well, I have a new film that's being released. Um, uh, it's called Stock, Shoot, Share. It's going to be the... Um, it's going to be part of like a, a series that we're going to try and run on some really... We're right now trying to pull two hours of footage down to like six minutes. So good luck on my boy, Dustin Cressy, for doing that. Uh, we want to make these fast, like highlight reel, emotionally charged um hunts no grip and grin none of that that kind of stuff just like the whole story that goes around to it before during and after and i think on that level that's where i really want to try and spend more of my time is relaying the message hopefully what i believe is the right way or a, a good way not there's not one right way but a good way to relay it to the public and um and not just the hunting public i feel like you're either an, if you're an anti hunter and you're rabid against it then that's fine i don't have to talk to you if you're already a hunter badass like let's let's have beers let's get together but there's a lot of people who are this undecided undes, uh undecided voter group almost then they could go either way and i think the more people that put out great content like you guys um and hopefully th this podcast and my own and there's a whole world that goes around uh goes along with this then you know you just have numbers on your side and numbers are really i think what matters right um especially when it's it's done correctly so that's kind of the that's the long and the long of it man that's the uh that's how somehow become probably the biggest part of my life for sure. Like even, you know, my fiance, Sonia, we're like, you know, getting her set up with a mountain rig and we're, you know, gonna, she's, she's kind of hook, line and sinker. She likes to punish herself too. So she sees how it's been done. And hopefully I think if I can be, if my mind can kind of get changed that way and, and the effect it's had on my life in such a positive way, um, then and if and if her if her life can also have that and and she doesn't you know isn't maybe going to be going guiding anytime soon but if she wants to that's badass and then if more and more people can the undecided undecided voter can go that way i think why the hell not like why not spend the next 40 years trying to push that needle right like a rising tide raises all boats like let's fucking go here uh, awesome man that love hearing that it's interesting i'm hearing you more of an evolution like we back in the you know the 80s 90s and the zeros it was all about like whack and stack and like 60 bucks and 60 minutes and all that sort of stuff 
And and then it changed, right? You know, storytelling became more important in our own community. But now I'm seeing like, you know, as hunters, we're like, oh, you know, we've not done a good job of telling our story. And 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 we're sort of now sort of trying to tackle like the 80%, right? You said not the antis, not the pros, just the middle ground that, you know, let's just get some, uh, I guess, some uh, common ground and, and some acceptance for hunting. But it's interesting now these films are coming out uh, and you talked about what did you say? Whack them, stack them, shoot them. What was your name? Mine the name is, of your new program is going to be yeah. called Stock Shoot Share. Yeah, yeah. I'm just teasing you, uh, but yeah, Stock Shoot Share. I, and I, I just seen the, nice. the trailer there before the the show. But uh, so uh, you know, it's interesting now. Like most people would say, like the easy ground is the hunter. Let's uh, let's do something different, but for the hunter, where's that inspiration? Where you're like, because I'm hearing more and more of this now, and I think it's amazing. I think if everyone was doing what you're doing, we wouldn't have a problem. Uh, with hunting and you know there wouldn't be we wouldn't be losing all these opportunities and blah 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 where does that come from and what's your your driver for that um i'd like to learn a well, little bit it, more about that i think it started a little bit with um it started with the btk series right and i mean i can't thank slash curse i'll always say that uh, adam enough for giving me that opportunity but when it there was a time there where i was i was um i was chatting with lululemon about being an ambassador up here in Kelowna and, and, and stuff like that and, and lululemon a- up in Kelowna, they asked me to come in and talk about hunting like there was a time when you didn't you would think that like holy shit like there's not a chance that that company would be interested and it's not that as a company they were it was like it was like some people right it wasn't this big staff thing there were some people who were interested there's enough people interested in where their food comes from at this point that I think that's the needle that can really push it. But I think there's also something that people are missing. And I look in my life right now and the closest there's all, you always have your friends from like, man, my Steve Chan is like, fuck, we were friends when we were zero, you know, like whatever, they're family friends forever. But, and everybody has those, but the people who I'm closest to in my life right now are people I've shared uh, a shitty tent site with on the side of a mountain and there's a brotherhood and a bond that comes with that that maybe you only get together you don't even live in the same province or maybe even the same country but there's a brotherhood and a bond that comes with that that i think can be shared along with the pursuit of your own health and fitness to go with that along with the pursuit of cooking something that great along with the craftsmanship of some of these smaller companies now, like, you know, Tanner at Frontiersman, the craftsmanship behind his knives and a bunch of people making great quality product like that. Um, the fellas down at like, you know, method archery, like I, you know, you see these stories coming together and you're bonded over this thing. And you're like, man, it's not that we're like, we don't get together and talk about like, we never get together and talk about how many animals we've killed or what we have or whatever. We talk about like, how was that trip? You know, what'd you see? How was the drive up? How was the drive home? Oh, that's cool. Beaver beavers are great to fly in on Ah, the weather's, you know, like you just talk about all this shit that has nothing. It's all to do with quote unquote hunting, but it's the experience in general. It has nothing to do with the trigger pull. It's the pack out, but it's not because the animal's on your back. It's because you're fucking suffering. So I don't know, like you suffer together and you grow together, but there's so many other things that happen on those trips that I think there's, I just, I really want to, without turning it, um, 
commercialized. I think if you do it really true to what you believe and you don't make shit up and you have a great filmmaker like uh, and videographer like Dusty, uh, I, I think Dusty is, um, man, the message comes across, right? And I think, I think that's kind of where the passion comes from is like, I don't understand how someone could not be interested in this or accepting of it at least if they saw that side. So that's kind of where I start with, with that stuff. And, and, and then we'll see where it goes, right? Like this is, this is just film number one. And and we have uh, some more in the, we have some more in the hopper for sure. So we'll just kind of see where, where she goes from here. And I hope my, my, the number one thing, if I never, if, if this thing didn't catch fire and, and people didn't give a shit, but all of a sudden you saw a bunch of kind of passion projects coming out like this, that were these like shorter duration. Cause these long, like, there's nothing wrong. Like I love hunting, right? And I love the the story and all the the fails and the makes and whatever. But like, man, if you're not a hunter and you want to watch like a pretty slow, like 35 minute film, like you're not going to capture much of an audience. Like there's people who are this day and age, man, like it's like quick stuff. So you have to compete against stuff that is quick, right? Like, and you can change, you can change somebody's mind in an instant. So if you have something that's just short enough that people can watch it time and time again or they watch the first half and they caught the second half because it's only a six minute film i think there's something to be said for that right and and like this is an idea that i want to like patent and be like we're only the ones that are doing this i want everybody to do this because i i truly believe that more people like we can capture that 80 percent, and we can get them more informed and then they can make an opinion on their side after they see kind of I think what like what actually happens out there. The statistics and numbers and all that stuff are maybe great for accountants and and all that, right? And and we have all the stats in the world to to prove what we're doing is is correct and trying to do it the right way and so on and so forth. But again, it's maybe too boring for this day and age. Maybe 50 years ago it wasn't because there wasn't social media and you know, like reels and you could just kind of scroll stories and and whatever. Like, you know. So I think if if we can band together a little bit with that, um I think it, it at least changes the masses opinion, um, or it at least educates them to make a better decision. Very cool. Now who's, whose platform is this your own platform? Is this a, a Wardo yeah. production or is it? Yeah. Is so it I mean, like, I am part of the BTK crew, right? So that's the umbrella. Um, but this is myself. Um, the way this actually came about is from BTK. So this really badass guy, um, who has become a very close friend, Connor Armitage. Uh, he is a, like roughly around like the Red Deer area. That's where he's from. He, it's like a pretty good story, actually. He, he messaged me via the podcast and he says, um, he says, Hey, you know, Hey, Wardo, hope it's not taking up too much of your time, but I, I would love to chat with you about my knee. Gave me a little rundown. And I'm like, yeah, man, like, let's do it. So I think we hopped on a phone call and like right away, I'm like, oh man, this is like a, this is like, a, he sounds like a, like a rodeo cowboy, you know, like just had that like real Canadian, accent and i was like nice sure enough he actually did ride bulls for a time so i was like well yeah i was not far off so we're talking and and you got to remember a lot of the people that i see even if they're like you know quote unquote tough they don't ride bulls and they sure as shit don't guide sheep in the yukon so right away he's tougher than most and he's like oh yeah i popped my acl um you know i've been kind of back and forth on surgery one surgeon's telling me yes one surgeon saying, no, I've got a new guy. He, you know, so on and so forth. And I just kind of tried to lay it out to him the best I could. And 
basically he was like running, you know, no ACL and no knee brace uh, for most of the time when he's guiding and carrying out like a whole caribou on his back up in the Yukon. And he's like, sometimes my knee gets a little sore. And in my mind, his knees like for most for for us three, his knees probably completely fucked. You know, like like people are like chopper me out. He's just limping on a crutch. So I helped him with his knee a little bit. And he said, I'd really love to repay the favor. And I'd love you to come out to, if you're interested, come out and bow hunt for, for mule deer along the bow river. I thought, well, what a awesome opportunity. That's like terrain. I'll almost, you know, never really get to access unless I go guided. Um, and just different than what I'm used to, because obviously mountain hunting versus, you know, that Brooks, Alberta area is like pretty flat. So, um, I was like, sure. Why not? And he's like, oh, maybe we should uh, document a bit. Said, yeah, let's do a film. And then he's like, oh, I got this guy, Dustin Cressy. Uh, he's like, just got into filmmaking like a couple years ago and so on and so forth. And I said, oh, yeah, sure. So we kind of took it all pretty casually. And then we all kind of, again, this like bond just formed. And we were like, man, this thing could like, as we started spitballing ideas, we were like, wow, we're all on the same page. And Dusty had a really cool vision of it because he's not from he's not tainted by the hunting space so to speak and he just brought his spin onto it and his spin is like wildlife travel and adventure and from just outdoors he used to be like a super high level skier and stuff like that so we got along great he was effortless on the shoot and i'd highly recommend checking out his stuff and then so from there it was like, Hey, this is, you know, let's make a film of it. And then since then it's kind of keeps growing and growing. So it's, it's going to be like kind of under the BTK banner, but really like hard yards, dusty, uh, you know, myself are, are kind of the guys kind of spearing it. And then we want to try and chuck some more in. And I'm not sure if it's like, uh, remains to be seen. If it's somebody like wants us to tell a story and like, Dusty's the guy and I'm the character. I think the character could be interchangeable every time. And I think that's the important part. It's not just, it's not Wardo who thinks this way. We all think this way. So it should be a different guy every time in a different hunt in a different place. Like I'd like to next year, I'm going to, I'm going to hunter host Connor, all things going well um, for a goat. Cause obviously like goats in Alberta, like good luck. Um, so if he's not going to come over here um, guided, then I'm kind of his best shot. So I did hear a rumor actually that that was maybe going to be pulled, but I was talking to my buddy who's a CO and he says he hasn't heard that and stuff. So anyways, I'm still hoping for that. And so we can do like a really cool, again, I can repay the favor and, uh, and we can create another like bucket list, like a bucket list trip for him. That's the only thing he wants. He, he killed an unbelievable Rocky Mountain Bighorn last year, almost made full curl. Um, and, and he's like, oh, a goat would just mean everything to me. And I'm like, oh, wow let's do this. So I think there's like, you can fulfill dreams and you can create these relationships, but like the story will be more about Connor on this second hunt. Very cool. Did I see Gucci in the trailer again? Of this one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're in that damn trailer? right. Yeah. So he, this guy is everywhere. You know what? He's just always around. He's That's got nothing correct. to fucking do. <laughs> correct. 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 I'm, I'm looking for every excuse to get out of the house that I can. So yeah, I'm like, yep, let's go. Yeah. No, I, in truth though, I was, uh, that was an unbelievable dinner that you, you guys prepared for us that evening. Um, Tanner came down from, from Prince George as well. And we just had a really good get together. Dustin was there from, from Alberta as well. And so, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, unbelievable night you guys. And yeah, I can't thank you enough. For yeah, that was, there. that was that really was cool. Wicked the menu items Kyle, were, uh, were deadly. So we had, here's the, the stock shoot share principle, right? So here's share. So we used backstraps from my mule deer. Um, we did a, I'll start at the, at the, at the, at the, I'll start at the beginning. So 
we used uh, half of a Roosevelt Elkhart from Pete and his brother's hunt on Vancouver Island. Um, and uh, so I did like an Elkhart Tartar, which was super fun, like pulled a chunk of smoke out, um, you know, egg yolk on the top, a uh, chunk of charcoal out, like smoked it on the board. And then did some like uh, pork rinds to serve that with, which is super cool. It was a really fun presentation and not a lot of guys are eating like a lot of raw elk heart. So it was like fun to like see everybody's like reaction and people are like, my brain says this is crazy, but this is really fucking good. So that's always like pretty fun to me. And then <laughs> our second dish was um, prepared like a basically like a mascarpone and smoked butternut squash ravioli with prawns from Lauren Trousdale and I's trip to Haidegui the year before, um, which was freaking insanely good and then uh we did like a, a sous vide and then charcoal flame seared um mule deer backstrap from alberta with uh some roasted carrots and a chimichurri sauce that was also uh at that point we were all getting a little fuzzy so it was uh, i think it was pretty good but it was tough to say but there was a lot of wine out and we paired it i paired it all with wine from the okanagan so it was like that to me man like sonia and i my fiance and i we cooked like all night and i probably the one of the best nights i've had in a long time man like i could almost get emotional about it if i let myself to be honest like that's how much fun i had uh you know preparing food for these guys and sharing the experiences and then seeing pete and a tanner know each other but not very well and then um dusty's never met these guys my buddy james ness and pete know each other really well because we went up north um but to have these four guys because sonny and i are kind of in the kitchen doing our thing had to have these four guys around a table chatting uh you know like they're they're friends from high school that's kind of that's what it's all about right and it just happens to be over something that we've uh, all partaken in harvesting a, a a great animal at some point in time so not that prawns are a great animal but you know they do their job yeah, they, we don't need to advocate for prawn harvesting, right? We don't have if, any issues no, with that. Nobody's at, nobody's beating it up on us. As that soon too as bad things these go days. underwater, yeah. no one gives a shit. Like if stone sheep live down there, yeah, people do like, whatever you want. Care. Bears, I don't care. But as soon as they're above yeah. land, net, net them. Who cares? Nobody cares. People care about dolphins because they jump. They're out of the land. They're out of the water for seconds. <laughs> and they're like, we must save those things. <laughs> I'm gonna piss somebody off with that. I'll apologize already, but don't 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 send Kyle any hate. I'll send it to Pete. Just just send them to the Beyond the Krill podcast, Wardo. They'll yeah, be all yeah. good. That's what they can find you, right? on that for me, please. Cheers, guys. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that really cool. Um, when when does that film drop? When do we get to see it? Yeah, so we're trying to take like six hours of footage and condense. Uh, sorry, two hours of footage and condense it into six minutes. Um, so we'll see how close, how close it happens. Dusty's working pretty hard on it right now. Um, so ho I hope within a month, that's the plan. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We'll yeah. share and tag and, and do all the things and we'll see. I want, I hope. So back in the day I used to race downhill mountain bikes and my friend Steve and I, we would watch this one part in freewheel burning Nicholas Vuglio from France had this like raw, just gnarly ass section. Um, and we would watch it and, the song was by Disturbed and it was sick and you would watch it and then you would go downhill training. And of course you'd have to watch it on VHS because that's how old I am. You'd watch it on VHS. You get all like freaking ramped up and then you'd head out. And then some guys also had like a little VHS thing at like race sites. And so you'd punch it in and you'd like watch that one section and you'd like fly out onto the hill and you'd like have this pinned run and then hit a tree obviously and crash. But um, that's kind of what I would think it'd be cool to have something like that, like that would fire people up to like 
go train or go to the range and and fling arrows or lead down down the range or or go go like you know hike and rock and and that's what they're thinking of and or like watch it when they're out or on the way to a hunt or something like that so it'd be like pretty cool to be able to like have a stoke film like that i think you know it'd be awesome is if you had that on your phone and just before you went and did a stalk on a stone sheep you walked totally. it and then you just like you could just baja totally. like, just chase and it's down, only right? like six <laughs> minutes so like it's not going to take up too much battery life when you don't have like a not quite enough for the whole trip right so it's not like 40 minutes or something <laughs> that's awesome hey okay so i do want to talk some training stuff but before we do that so you're guiding you're guiding bighorn sheep but you've never gone on a sheep hunt right is it no tell i've me gone uh, i've been on four sheep hunts uh two sheep specific and four and two pocket full of tag hunts um yeah in four years yeah yeah three wow you do kind yeah. of go full yeah. all in yeah. um yeah i mean two northern two northern two week trips <laughs> a year for for a couple of years there and then Last year, I was pretty pinned, just one northern trip, and then I was pretty pinned on elk here last year, and I, I had some, I would say, great success, just didn't quite have the, the, the enough pokey bits uh, for me to, to loose an arrow or pull a trigger. So, you know, a couple of five points and the three points coming in um, pretty early in the calling days. I was pretty, uh, I was, I'm getting better at it, but it's definitely, that was probably like one of the, that was one of the crazier highlights, I think, of my, of my year. Well, Adam and I's stone sheep hunt was like insane. We saw almost 30 rams, um, had an eight year old at 140 yards for a couple hours, but it wasn't, it was just too hard to tell. It was like so close to over the nose and not, and there were a couple of false rings in there and you're like, ah, fuck, like what's the big deal? Like let's another year is another year. Like we've, you know, we can find this, we found this guy two years in a row. Right. So let's just find him again the next year. So that's like kind of where that was. But again, it sounds like, uh, you know, maybe a, a, in some people's eyes, a failed hunt, right? But I mean, we were we were bow range on like multiple rams, and like seeing so much sheep behavior, and made zero zero wrong plays, and then found a couple of monsters, but just didn't have enough days to make it happen. They didn't come out the the night in which we wanted because it was windy as shit, and uh, and I mean, it is what it is. That's hunting, right? And then we had to to peel out the peel out that day because we were out of days. We were at like day fourteen or fifteen at that point, so. It is what it is, but yeah, man, bunch of sheep stuff and then, uh, learning enough and Ben talking to Ben a lot, I get like Ben and I are great friends now and, and talking to him enough that he said, Hey, do you want to come just give me a hand? And I mean, Ben's so capable, right? Like you could be completely useless over there and he would still get the job done completely fine. And, and it, like you weren't even there, but, uh, I tried to, to take that job about as seriously as I take anything and, and it, it worked out really well and the, the client was happy, which reflects like really well on Ben's business and, uh, and, and the hunting world in general. And the more that can happen, the, the better it gets. Right. So even on that trip, right. Like I was doing some spotting and, and the ranch manager came over cause I was spotting from a, a, across the way and the ranch manager came over and he was like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, what's the difference between these sheep and so on. And so I had my spotter and, and like, um, and phone on like, uh, like digiscope on it. And he's just like, Oh yeah, these all look like they could be by like, they could be taken. And you're like, well, that's not quite right. So it was, it was really fun and like a cool educational process just to chat with like why we're looking at not taking actually the biggest Ram in the group. We're going to take this one over here. Who's probably older. And he's like super fucked up and his legs all broken. And he's definitely not making another winter or making it away from a cougar for sure. So just like, you know, chatting about the, the band dynamics and, and what happened there was, um, probably like, again, like a super big highlight of my year. Um, I think 
sometimes I feel like I'm in like a bit of an imposter, but, uh, with the amount of material like you guys put out and that's available from really smart guys, much smarter than me, who've been doing it their whole life. It's pretty easy to, if you're interested to learn. And so that's kind of where I, where I hung that hat. Yeah. Very cool. Now, did you go with Adam a couple of years ago and hike in off the yes. highway? Um, I'm not going to say where, but I, I'm sure, cause I talked to yeah. Adam after a hunt and he was coming out and he ran into a couple of guys and a couple of guys that I knew. And we, we hunted that same area previous years. And so you were on that hunt with Adam. Cause he talked about yep. that to me. Yeah. Okay, we got cool. Dick. Yeah. Special spot. Yeah, it too. was a, that was a rough year, man. It was like 33 degrees and there was no water anywhere up tops. So we were dropping like 500 meters of vert just to get water. And it's like, you can only do that so many days before you're like out of days and fucks to give. So it was, we had our tail between our legs that year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the plan for this fall then? Are you sheep? I'm going, um, I have a big trip planned in August, uh, with my fiance that, uh, I'm going to play those cards pretty close to the chest. Um, but I'll be away for three weeks in August and then September. Um, well, let's actually back it up. I'm going to have a a hunt that I'm probably the most excited I've been about a hunt for a long time. I'm going to hang out on Vancouver Island, um, up Northern Vancouver Island with Nolan and Lauren. And we're going to do, uh, we're going to bow hunt for some big bears and, uh, Swellfish is a, is a, a sponsor of that hunt and they're going to give us a boat and we're going to take some sweet photos and, and, uh, you know, catch prawns and jig for jig for halibut and catch link cod. And then if we see a big bear in an estuary, let's put a stock on. So I think Nolan getting behind the bow again is probably the things I'm like, one of the things I'm the most excited for. So we're like pretty fired up. That's going to be 10 days um, on Vancouver Island in April. And then probably just the rest of the year, just kind of some bear and turkey hunting stuff. I'd like to get out quite a bit with Sonia and, and myself just as just camping. And then if, you know, if it happens, it happens. And then uh, I'm going to put a lot of time in, in that June, July into scouting elk locally. Cause I can hunt about 30 minutes from my house. Um, and I'm going to see what I can see what I can drum up. And then August, I'm gone, which will be a really exciting, really exciting trip. And then I get back and I do two, two bighorn hunts with Ben. And then October, I'm going to pound elk and, and just relatively locally. And neither sept, the, big, the bow season in September, I might try and take, I might try and take like five days and punch into the, into the, the Fernie area and see if I can find some, find some bulls. But other than that, it's going to be that it'll be sheep and then potentially uh, guiding some goats in like the November time. So I'm going to probably try and split my year between the hunting and guiding equally this year. So last year, I think I hunted, I probably had nine weeks off work, seven were for hunting. And I think I did about 80, 60 to 65 to 80 days in the field. And then this year I'm probably going to do somewhat of the same, but, uh, but half of that's going to be, um, for Ben at Arcadia. So big push into big push into that life. That's awesome, man. What's the deal with Sonia? What's, uh, talk about her, where's she at in her. Yeah, so she is a professional hiker. Um, like so many of us are. Um, a lot of time, a lot of time spent with me last year, um, Gucci, where we went actually hunting bulls, um, in that BTK series, we did like two or we did two trips preseason, uh, punching up and camping, uh, up at the lake and then up on some ridge lines up there. And then I did two trips in season. Um, she came along for all of them. They were like cannonball runs, like get off work at noon make it to the ferry for six 
and then up and then find what you find and then back. So it was pretty intense and and there was like they were hard freaking trips. And that's her first real backcountry kind of experience. And as you know, like it's not super crazy, but it's fucking it's something up there. And then um Oh, for sure. It's wild. Enough. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you're on a trail, but it's still there's some vert and there's well, uh, some distance. Especially when you get sure. off trail, right? And like you're, I'm like, I was cruising back towards, um, you know, back towards that other mountain that we didn't quite get to. And I mean, it's no fucking joke. So it, I was like super yeah, impressed. Once you're pushed there, her pretty sure. hard and, and she, you know, was tired, but crushed it. And then she's kind of, she's a, she's a really good photographer as well. And she loves the story. And loves to see, like, man, I'm so lucky. She she loves to see how much I love it and practice and do all those things that she just loves to be loves to be together and loves to be out there. So and her her ability to her ability to cook food and her ability to put dishes together, um, you know, we combine super well on that. So she sees how hard the work goes into the in, into how the food comes home and that that the the work just gets put in, you know, tenfold in the kitchen sometimes. So both of us together that's like the it's this partnership that i've been looking for forever so um we got engaged last year and uh and i'll be married uh be married uh at some point sometime <laughs> you, you and me both brother <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's uh, dude that's so awesome i think it's um you know obviously i know sonia a little bit too and uh y- you guys are awesome together and i think it's really cool that you share that you know that the, the you share in the success of each other, right? That's what's important in a partnership. And and so she sees in you what you're what you've been going through the last couple of years here, the growth that it's brought to you and the joy that it brings you and all of those all those things. Right. She's seeing that and she's like, fuck yeah, like let's let's go. Let's do this. Right. And um I think that's so awesome. And you just mentioned there too, like she sees the struggle of what goes into bringing the food home. Right. That that sentence right there to me, it means so much because it's it's just dismissed so easily uh, by everybody. And um, right. And it's like, yeah, what does it take to bring a deer home? Or, you know, sometimes, yeah, you shoot it from the beside the road in a clear cut somewhere. Sure. That happens sometimes, but oftentimes, and especially a guy like yourself, you're going out there and you're like, no, I want to put in the hard yards. I want to work for this. I want to do this the way, uh, you know, people have done it for millennia. That to me is like, that's the true connection to your food all of a sudden, right? When you're actually putting in all of that effort of, of going to go find the animal, trying to, trying to kill it. Maybe you're successful, hopefully, and in the most ethically and quick way possible and all of these things that like we all want to try to do. Um, but then the process of breaking that animal down, bringing it home and everything, right? That's, there's so much to that. That sometimes takes a week to do, totally. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's massive. Even when you like, so anyway, even when to- you, unwrap a package from the butcher or something you've done yourself and it's there's then sometimes there's more work sometimes to be done on that piece of meat before it goes in you know to the to the dutch oven to be uh to be a braised roast or whatever the frick you're gonna or into the onto the grill or whatever it's gonna be you're like oh yeah the work's still you know not quite done and it's like you're like another reminder versus yeah you, when you grab a roast from the store i mean it's like boom bang bang boom and you definitely care a little less like shit. I bought a quarter of beef from this guy. I met through the podcast as well. Actually Colton, uh, K three ranch in, uh, in between kind of like 
Edmonton and Calgary there. He's an awesome guy. He's an avid hunter. He's an avid sheep hunter. And he has a, he has a hell of a cattle ranch. And he, you know, even the meat that he, he drove, he was doing a little drop off and he drove and met me in Vernon from like fucking Edmonton. And I mean, outstanding. Like that's more, that's riskier driving from there to there in the winter is like, and back is riskier than any trip that any of us are ever going to be on in our lives. Most likely. Um, and I, I still like, I, I go and I grab a pack of, of ground beef, like probably the most mundane thing that you can get from a cow, right? Cause it's just the parts and ground and whatever. And I still am like, Colton like could have died delivering me this meat, you know? And it's like his livelihood. And I care a little bit more, you know, a, a little bit more. And then you look at like, well, I only am going to have like one set of ribeyes. So I, definitely going to care about these things and they're going to be special and i'm going to and it might be tuesday like it doesn't matter you know i don't save them but you just you just treat it with a little bit little bit of difference because you see what somebody took to you know it's their livelihood and what they go through and farming and ranching and all that stuff and then the delivery obviously was insane so um everybody could do i think a little bit of that you don't do it all the time but everybody just a little bit more of that and a, and a, and a few more fucks given and i think you'd be there well, I think that's what's happened with society now is that we've come into this this situation where we're so disconnected from the landscape that people just have no clue. Like to them, the hard part of eating meat is the drive to the grocery store. Like that seven minutes, three minutes there, three minutes back and standing in line for half an hour, that's what they equate with like what – you know, that's their comparison to what you just described being on the mountain or, or that drive and – there's no recognition of, of that. And, and people, when they see it, and I talk about, you know, of course, we're all passionate. Any one of us talk to some, one of our city friends about this. They're like, they're mesmerized. They listen. They're like, holy shit. Like, you know, I can eat. And I talk to vegetarians and that I would eat that meat. I'm okay with that. And lots of times, as we know, vegetarians, there's a million reasons why they don't eat meat. And lots of times it's because they're just like, well, I just don't like the way animals are treated and, and about the whole mass production. Anyway, don't need to go down the rabbit hole, but there's just this huge disconnect. And I think like, you know, you're, you know, you're telling your six minute story, having people reconnect with that is pretty important, right? And I think that's a big battle we're up against right now is this mass, and BC is the worst of anywhere, this massive urbanization. You look at the lower mainland in Victoria and it's just, everyone's there. And nobody knows no, where the and meat comes from. I think it's really easy right now, or along with else. everything, to blame price. Like, I bitch about the cost. Like, you know, if I have... We had moose ribeyes the other night, and I was just like, you know, this is the cheapest part of my... You know, not actually, but I was like, this is the, this was the... At this point, it's the free part of my meal versus this, like, broccoli or this broccolini that I'm buying is, like, fucking a million bucks. I got to take out a second mortgage to buy a head of lettuce. And so it's easy to blame the price of goods and produce and for whatever reason that that is and you're even i think i would say further disconnected from where your food comes from and it almost makes you like a little bit pissed off about it and people can be when people are pissed off they they can they can bitch and moan or they can they can fucking do something about it right and i don't think everybody can or should hunt um but a lot of people could support a lot of a lot of farmers that could do a lot better and whether that's the farmer's market, whether that's a, you know, a local produce farm, whether that's, you know, chicken sides of pork, whatever it might be, like, there's a lot to say about, and those are just guys like us, you know, guys and gals like us who are just trying to scratch a living away and trying to take a dent out of the machine. And 
I mean, the more you can put that in, right? Like you could be pissed about how much stuff costs. Like that meat from Colton, man, eight fifty a pound, you know, average for all that stuff for a, a massive, amazing side, um, you know, quarter of beef, right? So uh, that's not expensive. Eight fifty a pound is is that's relatively cheap as in terms of red meat price, right? So, and I know you can, I think you can find it even cheaper than that, but that's high quality stuff. So the closer you're right, Kyle, the closer you are to your the closer you are to the product that's on your plate and what you feed your family, the the more the more you're going to care. That's what we do. All, all our stuff, all our beef comes from uh, Alberta as well. Same deal. We just uh, have a family friend. My dad used to do it. He retired, and then one of his buddies uh, now does it. It's all AAA stuff, and just you know, it's just and you can taste. You literally can taste it, right? It's absolutely one of the coolest tests. Um, yeah, is actually to amazing. put a pe- like go. You, I mean, go to the store or if you have store bought ground beef, and then you find some ground beef. You get some ground beef from like a, a local farm, and just fry them both in two different pans at the same time. Like just put them down. Don't even touch them or smash them out. Just put them in there as like kind of a ballish, rectangly type deal, and just like plunk them in there and just cook them down for a while, and you'll see the difference in what happens to that meat. One shrinks up blood bunch of shit comes out of it like it's it's wild bunch of liquid and the other one just stays kind of as is it it and you can see it with the Maillard reaction of searing good quality meat versus garbage like it's quite a bit different so it's it it's super interesting well are we going to talk about fitness or what it was that ah. passe um we we never really got there but uh so okay um i, I don't know if pete told you but i i got a draw actually i got the early Fuck sheep off. draw and i, I happened to really? get a tag yeah so oh. um yeah and uh, i've never i i'm in the worst shape i've ever been in my life so I, and here i am drinking whiskey, whiskey on the podcast whiskey, so anyway whiskey doesn't hurt point legs, is I got, man. i'll tell you right now from experience <laughs> so anyway i got a little bit of work to do so um I, I i think there's a few people out there like me it's late february sheep season's around the corner it's coming quick and you start doing the math you're like oh shit i got lots of time it's like no august 1st is really freaking close like we're not so um, for those of us that need to get after it, that maybe had a bit of a sedentary winter, what do we got to do? Here's, Talk me through here, my training regime. I'll tell here, you what not to... Anything's going to be better than nothing. But there's a, a way to do... A, there was a way to do it that probably mitigates injuries. So the thing that we always think about at this point, you've spent enough time with a pack on that like you don't have to put a pack on still for a long time. So the worst thing that people can do is come out of the winter... And get a draw, say you say you know get a get a sheep draw early, and you're the first instinct that they have is that you're like, I need to hike, and so you're coming out of a sedentary winter. Your hips are tight, your back's tight, your knees are tight, your condition, your tissues aren't ready, and you go and you just start hiking with a pack on. There are definitely guys who get away with that year in year out. And I call them, they're specialists. They're, they're an inch wide, but a mile deep. And that's fine. But I still know, like, you know, I'll throw Nolan and Ben under the bus. That's their realm of fitness. And their bodies are not, they're not, they don't feel amazing. I'll be, well, I can be blunt. They, they're a little fucked up. And there's way more ability to, have some varied training early and you got to remember that the cardiovascular system, there's many different levels to it, but really like true cardio, the best thing you could do right now is probably start going on twice a week, 60 to 90 minute 
talking pace activity relatively unweighted. So if that's cycling, if that's um, if it's walking, you got to walking uphill is like and walking like Victoria is hilly enough. Like there's enough up and down that you can get your heart rate into that 120, 130 zone very easily. But you want to be able to be at a talking pace from now, probably until May and eh, like April, May. And that's going to build an aerobic base that will clear all the substrate and all the acid that you'll end up putting into your tissues with harder training. And it'll also condition your aerobic system, your heart, your lungs, your tissues to be loaded better for longer. So the problem that people have is they're like, bah, panic, throw the pack on, sprint uphill, die, rinse and repeat. You're training one energy system at that point. You're training your anaerobic or your aerobic threshold system. You're never in that, almost never in that when you're sheep hunting. So now like the goal is completely different. Do you want to like win a uphill running race or do you want to hike for 14 days in the mountains? Hiking for 14 days in the mountains is lots of breaks. It's strength in your legs and it's good core strength and it's good mobility. So right now I'd say it's one to two days a week of a talking pace training which is lovely. It's very easy to do, especially with the balmy weather of Victoria. Then I would probably put, depending on how, you know, not knowing your body at all, but I would probably put a day into some sort of stretching, like a, like a yoga, like some sort of yoga routine. That's not like power yoga or something like that, but even something like Pilates. We used to do it with the fellas when I was like competing in CrossFit called it bro Lotties. It was a little less, a uh, little less light in the loafers kind of deal, but it was still like super awesome. And it's want to be humbled. You take a bunch of guys who can deadlift 500 pounds and try and get them to do Pilates. No dice, man. Like it's, it was a different kettle of fish. And then the next thing I would do is I would probably source out either. Are you a, are you home gym or are you a paid membership at a gym? Uh, currently don't have a paid, but I've got the home gym, but, uh, fully intending to go the to the best gym, way for so, an yeah. adult to start, start going is putting some skin in the game and getting a membership and don't get like a $10 a month membership. It's just not enough money to care about. Get something that's like a nicer, it doesn't have to be nice, but it has like usually space and equipment is decent. So that would be, you know, finding a gym in your area that's close. And I would make sure that it's convenient enough that you can kind of like go either to or from or whatever's going to end up happening. But it's not like, oh, I've got to drive 45 minutes each way kind of thing. You know, if you're committed to that, then that's great. But you got to think the 45 minutes each way is 90 minutes. And that's like a legitimate workout at that point that you're just missing just on the drive time. And some, some people can do that in their life. I'm not one of them. So that's what I would look at. And then I would start with Honestly, probably the the like either the free programming that BTK has on the website from last year, just go back and start there. You're going to start with some strength movements and the strength is all relative. You don't have to back squat 400 pounds. You're going to start with the rep scheme and the weight that's going to feel right to you. And it's all described in there. And you can, we can obviously chat after this um, on like kind of making sure that that's the right thing. And then we're going to ramp up from strength April, May, and then we're going to go into some higher intensity stuff and some more cardio. And then the very end, we're going to have some really high intensity stuff um, to run that anaerobic system out. But you can still get it. Like this is the prime time. Like the time is now for you to start your periodization of basically like March, April, May, June, July hunting. 
and you're going to like back off the system that you're going to use mostly when you're hunting, which is high strength and high aerobic, and you'll train something different before. Otherwise, you're just like, it's like you're trying to drive a fucking car in third gear all the time. You're like, I don't know why it keeps breaking down. Like that's the equivalent. So that's what I would say, man, is like it starts with stuff that probably is easier than you think you need. And then it's going to turn into something very challenging. And then it's going to turn into something that's going to help you the the most. And then right before your hunt is going to turn into another energy system. And you're going to feel like, how is this going to help me? And then all of a sudden you'll get out there and things will be, you know, still hard. (laughs) But the goal is to come off a hunt and you can hunt the next week. It's not like you come off the hunt and you need a year of recovery or you have a permanent injury or you couldn't, you couldn't make that last little stock because you were just too dicked. That's the goal. Awesome. Okay. Sounds like you got a plan for me. I like it. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) There may be some nuances and detail in there, but yeah, we will, man. 100% we will. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, Pete, what do you got? I don't have a lot more to say. I think we had a pretty good conversation already. I just feel like we need to have another one of these sooner than later already because we didn't really get into a lot of things that I wanted to get into. Uh, but no, I think that's you know prep work. I've been I've been working privately with Wardo here the last couple of months um, on myself too. I when I came out of guiding at Arctic Red last year, I had a little bit of a bunged up knee um, and have been doing a bit of rehab on that. Definitely uh, need to get. A little more serious about that to myself, but um, you're doing more than last. Yeah, I can. That's what we I said. Can, well, exactly, right? And 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 I actually, you know, I the fact that I even came to you was like, hey, I have an issue. I should probably deal with this at some point. Was was more than I did last year already too. So, um, but no, it's uh, it's great. I know I've personally been doing a, just a bunch of stretching and stuff like that the last couple of months. And uh, as lame as that sounds, it's actually pretty pretty. Uh, pretty wild what it's been able to produce i should say yeah. so i just in how i feel and, and and how i'm going about my day with a bunch of things mm-hmm. that i previously had issues control with. and over of range of motion in your joints man is like it it, it goes a long freaking way and really like all i say is like from december december that's what you spend your time doing january you start to you keep doing that and you start to do strength training and then february you start to do some like walks and some like low-end cardio work and then uh and then i mean from there it's just like the rest of the the rest of the training methodology for sure um okay so the new program you guys got coming out the fitness program can you if people are interested in it i know you said it's we're talking pre but it's going to be out after uh, where do they go to check that go out? Go to Beyond the Kill. Yeah. I actually am not like super involved with it. Um, we had like we have free programming that's on the website from last year from Jeremy Meredith, and then um, he had some other work commitments, and so we changed to something else. Um, and then this this new guy Sean, they have uh, the BTK podcast has an episode coming out with him next week, I believe, um, or maybe even today, maybe today. Um, on, on that stuff. And then that's the, that, like, that'll be the new thing. It'll be an app. It'll be, it'll be super competitively priced. Um, and then there's some, some private training from Sean as well. If that's, if that interests you for sure. But the number one thing I could say is like, don't wait, just start doing anything. Like it's easier. It's with fitness. It's easier to have something on the canvas than it is to have nothing on it and be like, help me. So just like start fucking somewhere. And if I could say like, three to four days a week is what you can consistently do. And you've been doing that, even if it's like not even great stuff, even if you're just, it's all great stuff. But even if you're carving out 60 minutes, four days a week, you can get some serious amount of work done, man. Like serious amount of work done. 
Yeah, I think that's a good approach. Is just yeah, get after it, right? Don't start somewhere. Nothing. Like literally, yeah. Put some fucking yeah. like put a podcast in, put some tunes on, and go for a walk. Like go for a hard walk, swinging your arms. I mean, your heart rate will probably be like 120 beats a minute, which is pretty much what your heart rate sits at when you got a pack on and you're like kind of slogging, you know, not like when you're punching up something steep and fast, but like when you're just kind of slogging away, that's probably pretty much what it sits at. Cool. Um, okay. So as we close out here, you are coming to Kamloops and yes, you're going to do a talk on Saturday morning. Saturday morning, exactly. just after, uh, just after Adam Foss, I think. Okay, so Adam's going to kick us off with an intro to mountain hunting, and then you're going to talk about uh, fitness, nutrition in the mountains. Uh, what are you going to talk about for I us? I think the best part, um, I'm doing some writing for Western Hunter Magazine this year as well, and I think I'm going to I think I'm going to talk about why it's important, but I'm going to kind of leave the floor slightly open to, this is a, what I used to do is like in my profession is like education. Someone in there has like a bad knee, hip, or ankle injury. I will like legitimately just assess and, and, and here's what I would do and here's how I'd fix it. If somebody's interested in that and the crowd wants it and wants to see how it's done and if we can fix it, I'm like, let's fucking go. Like, I'll always put my money where my mouth is. I hate being the people who don't practice what they preach. No time in, in my books for them in my, in my profession in like the physio-chiro world. Um, so I'll definitely leave it open for that. But I'm going to talk about why periodizing your training is important. And then I'll probably talk quickly on, I can do like, I think I'm going to do maybe 15 minutes on that, 15 minutes on um, on some nutrition and like more mountain specific stuff, like trying to become fat adapted and some myths there. And then just leave it open at the end for like whatever the heck guys want to talk about, best exercises, training practices. So if the audience is more interactive, we can like we can riff. We could. I mean, I'll stand there for fucking six hours and and rock and roll, right? So an hour will go by real fast. But that's that's my plan. Is like why it's important, how strength training benefits you, and and periodizing your, just periodizing your year in general for mountain hunting is important, and why it's smart. And then uh, a little fitness, or sorry, a little um, a little nutrition bit, and then uh, and then maybe just like you know, see see if someone has some you know ankle or knee pain or something like that that I can I can fuck around with. Awesome. Wardo, appreciate you. Uh, appreciate all you do. Super stoked about what's coming out. And Gooch, absolutely. We got to do this again. And I mean, soon. Like, there, we just scratched the surface. We didn't talk nutrition. Nah, that's, anything, that's, right? that's good. Sometimes that's the way she goes. And you guys, let's line it up one more time. I've got, uh, I've got a lot of whiskey to drink here, maybe in person, even. Yeah. Well, we talked about that for Kamloops, but Kamloops is always a bit of a, a train wreck for us in terms of capacity, right? We're just so yeah. busy, but uh, we, we definitely have to do that. Um, do you ever make it out to the island here? You talked about it. I guess you guys are coming Spring up. Bear, I'm Spring actually Bear, from right? the island. Um, I was just there last weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. If right. I'm, in, yeah, uh, well, if I'm coming through so. Victoria, I'm going to uh, shoot you a message. We'll hit a beer at Il Sauvage. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I got to check that. I've never heard of that place, and I live downtown too, so that's yeah. weird. But, yeah, I won't hold it against yeah. you, man. It's okay. Everybody gets one. Well, you, you can you can only be drinking so much beer this year, Kyle, with a uh, with a white sheep on your horizon. So, yes, yeah, fair enough, hundred yeah, percent, absolutely.